Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and I'm joined this morning on uh, this very, very gloomy day by... Uh, totally appropriate. Mm, <laughs> yeah, we're drinking a lot of coffee today. Um, by uh, the vocalist of uh, the dream pop band Rose of the West. Uh, their uh, self-titled debut album came out in 2019. It's wonderful. Go listen to it. Uh, they've got, they're working on a sophomore album though, and I'm excited to talk to her about her passions, watching why she does what she does. So Gina, thank you very much for, hello, thank you for having me. me. You bet. How are you doing today? Well, as I said, when I walked in, it's very gloomy today, so I'm a little blah, um, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be blah with you because this will be fun. Okay. So So we can just forget about the outside world. Um, yeah, yeah, ditto. Um, yeah, I see you, uh, you picked up some, uh, some caffeine from the Daily Bird. I did, mm-hmm. which is, I have to give them props for their coffee. I wasn't yeah. expecting it to be this good actually. So yeah, it's good stuff. I just have such deep rooted memories of, of that place being fuel. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's very strange to see yellow yeah. And not um, a lot of, you know, crazy motorcycle and zine paraphernalia. Totally. <laughs> I know. I know. It was such a River West hub fuel. Yeah. I do miss uh, their sandwiches. Oh, me too. Fuel is fire. I know. They're nowhere anymore, right? Because Kama's closed too. You know, Daily Bird is still uh, a very uh, pleasant place to hang out. Um, also a good little centralized hub for uh, to get together with the with the good folks. Yeah, there was lots of people standing outside actually having mm. conversations about music and um, arts and videos. And sure. I was just walking through, but um, you know that that's like it was yeah. before. It is everything is the same, right? On. <laughs> Essentially, right? Yeah, just a different name and a different color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like like we're saying, the yellow is very aggressive. You know. Like it's smiling at you with piercing eyes. Yeah, I think for those of us who are sensitive mm. to color and uh, you know, like physical space and yeah. people, yeah, it's a little strange, <laughs> sure. but, but it works, you know. Yeah, honestly, you know, I'd I'd hang out there. I'd much rather hang out there than like you know, a, like a Starbucks. Like not that oh, Starbucks, yeah. not that Starbucks is like unpleasant, but no, it's fine. They make coffee. They do. It's just yeah. very corporate, you know. Exactly. It's not like it doesn't foster a lot of creativity. Yeah. And, yeah. My favorite cafe uh actually is Interval. Have you been? Yes. I was actually there on Monday. Oh, right on. Yeah, I went for went for a coffee with my friend. Yeah. Um I like that place quite a bit. Yeah, me yeah. too. That kind of that was like a, a, a quarantine discovery when they were doing curbside. You are not the only one mm. I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. And I, mean, I heard a lot of people say that that was their favorite new new spot. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of became like my go-to, like catching up with somebody place. Um, you know, it's walking distance and uh, it's very, it's really cute, really quaint, quiet. Uh it's kind of a tongue t- tongue twister. Cute, quaint, quiet. Yeah, you can do that. One. <laughs> so, well, awesome, Gina. What we talk about, Mister Nice Guy. We talk love and fear, passion, and creativity. And so we we connected uh, over social media in like the last year. Um, you know, I I, I kind of got into the music scene late 2018, early 2019 or so. I write for the blog uh, Breaking and Entering, um, and so I definitely like been hearing about Rose of the West and like, uh, I know y'all played, uh, the back room at collectivo. Yeah. I really wanted to go to that show, yeah, but I think I had to work. It's a really fun one. Mm. It's, it sparked, I mean, sparked some weird stuff that night, but oh, yeah. it was a really good show. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember, uh, yeah, I was bummed I missed that one, but, um, but you know, uh, I'm still, I, I've been listening, uh, to your album, uh, a bit, uh, it's really good for days like this. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really like the song Tiny Knives. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That that one's my jam, for sure. Yeah, it's one of mine, too. That was, like, lyrically, that one was really fun to write because it was a collaboration between Thomas and I. So mm. uh, he wrote most of the music on that one, and I, I did melody and lyrics. Mm. 
and it came together so beautifully. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I and I also love the 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 artwork of the album a lot too. Thank you. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk yeah. all about the album and what you guys are working on now and everything. But first, um, let's uh, take it back just a bit. So, Gina, for one, um, where did you grow up? Where are you from? I am from here. Um, and if you want to get, you know, real technical. Uh, born in Milwaukee, but raised kind of between Milwaukee and Lake Country and okay. Brookfield. Sure. I was kind of shuffled around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of my life, you know, childhood was Milwaukee and then went out to Lake Country sure. for school, hated it, mm. uh, and was, you know, I was kind of a weird kid, but. I didn't kind of I didn't stay in one place, which is kind of why I got shuffled around a lot. I was sure. naughty, <laughs> which you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, from here, right on, awesome. Um, so, tell me a bit about how music kind of started, how it began, like as a creative outlet for yourself. Like, where did it all start for you? Yeah, well, I so. <clears throat> Growing up, my my grandfather was a high school orchestra director. Okay, sure. And he had a heavy influence on, you know, kind of forcing us to learn things like piano and flute and try violin. And, mm-hmm. you know, the big threat was you can't have a guitar until you learn how to play one of these basic instruments. And mm-hmm. um, so I, you know, I did that. I, I learned some of that, um, but I never cared for it. To sure. Tell you the truth. Mm, sure. Uh, it maybe came to be a little too easy, honestly. And so I didn't really want to listen to the rules. Uh, I didn't want to practice every day. I didn't really feel like reading music or learning any more about that. Or, you know, I just was a little bit of a rebel that way. Mm. Uh, he was, you know, definitely angry at me for not wanting to invest my time and energy in it when it came so easy easily to me so I just stopped and didn't do it for a while sure. and uh, my family was real loose so nobody really encouraged me to keep going um, I always loved <clears throat> singing mm-hmm. and I would like sing in my bedroom I was a closet singer nice yeah. and when I, I remember one day my dad told me while we were driving he said you know don't quit your day job <laughs> when I was singing out loud and I was like gee okay Mm-hmm. Thanks, Dad. You know, <laughs> and that always like stuck with me, uh, unbelievably. I mean, I mean, actually, not unbelievably. You know, you're so you're so affected by things that your parents do and the adults do around you. People say shit to you, and you're just like, what? Yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I I like sang in my bedroom, and I would, you know, like shut my ears so that I could, you know, hear myself. And I practiced all the time to ridiculous things. Mm-hmm. And that was just a closet love. Awesome. And later in life, um, I, you know, I was kind of a depressed kid, and in that went, you know, far into my twenties. Mm-hmm. I was shy, and so I had, I wanted to reach out to people and to to play music and to learn about it and to to go down that road but Mm -hmm. I was really terrified like my shyness was and my anxiety Mm. was everything it kind of ruled my world Mm -hmm. and that was before I actually realized that I had it Mm -hmm. that I had anxiety about things yeah sure Um, so I kind of so I I had a boyfriend at the time who was a musician and he was a very good musician he was you know traveling around the world and doing all of that and he knew that I could sing and knew that I had a background and he encouraged me to um, to play a little bit especially mm-hmm. while he was gone so sure. I bought a keyboard I got a little guitar um, I got an A-track nice and started making some weird shit on my own hell yeah and that's kind of how it started so there you go yeah that's awesome made some strange recordings and went from there that's great that's the it's the right way to do it to start with, you know, the, the, the weird shit. 
Um, Depends on who you ask, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I really like weird shit. Um, <clears throat> so, no, that's, that's really cool. I, I, I can relate to um, it coming naturally, but not wanting to do it, like, at the time. And yeah. Because I was in band in middle school. Um, I played clarinet and saxophone. and cool. And, like, I was, I wasn't. I was pretty good, you know. I was uh, like fourth chair in eighth grade in yeah. symphonic band, but I hated band so much and like quit after eighth grade. My parents were not pleased. Um, <laughs> cause, well, at least you yeah. had that, right? At least they mm. were not pleased. Mine were just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. So, in retrospect, it was it was a valuable experience um, to you know enter that world of. The, you know the musical language and yeah. and learning all the um, I don't know it, it it was it just develops a lot of skill sets that are valuable but and I mean this is a question that um, is constantly variable it's constantly evolving but I'm interested in just like over time like what have been some of your biggest influences musically Ooh. I never know how to answer that uh because it's it's really tough i will tell you though that my the the things that i grew up listening to probably have a lot to do with the kind of music i write sure um but that ran the gamut of like i literally i was in in love with everything from Front 242 to Desmond Decker. Like, I mm-hmm. really, it was broad. And I think that had a lot to do with the kids in that I grew up with in high school. And, like, out in the middle of nowhere in the country, you have nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. So I hung out with all of these punk kids. Nice. And we we were going, like, sneaking to Milwaukee and going to see Seven Seconds play. And, mm-hmm. like, one of my first shows was I underage, and I was brought by my babysitter, <laughs> but it was Black Flag. Oh, wow. And it was at the Unicorn. It was very many years ago. I was Mm. very young, but I looked like, um, I looked much older (laughs) for my age than I I was. And so I, I, I loved that stuff. And then I really was like pretty deep into like the cure and Depeche Mode and Kate Bush and, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, Stone Roses and Echo and the Bunnymen and... Yeah. Yeah. That's all rad stuff. Yeah. I mean, I was... That was kind of my jam, you know? Um, but I... Like I said, like, it was all over the place. Like, I... You know, I was at Turner Hall the week before last to see English Beat, which... Oh, I, I was working that show, totally actually. Totally filled my heart. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, you know, yeah. the next week I was at... Uh, Turner again to to see Cat Power. Who I was also working yeah, that show. Yeah, I, was like, <laughs> yeah. I just I, I love a lot. Yeah. I love a lot of music. That's a that's the best way to be. Yeah. Um, that's a really uh, valuable thing to you know just uh, feel adaptable to so many different like styles and and kinds and and approaches. Like yeah, and I th- and you know I think that. And part of what made me like so interested in asking you was because um, on the Rose of the West website, like just the way y'all like describe what like your sound, like I think you say like your rhythmics meet, meet the Cure meet Beach House, yeah. And I think that's just so awesome, you know, like yeah, it's kind of it's a mesh of all those things. Yeah. It's you know, there's there's definitely a, a heavy layer of like fog and haze and darkness there, but. You know, with that said, the, the, some of the most glorious things about the bands like The Cure and The Smiths are they have this this really kind of upbeat-ish way of delivering sad news. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, so it's yeah, like yeah. you want to you want to like move and dance in in your sadness with yeah. everybody else, and yeah. that is usually the stuff that I'm drawn towards Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it kind of juxtaposes like you know a a pop sensibility with otherwise very difficult feelings or tragic stories yeah yeah Yeah. which you know we all we all deal with absolutely 100 percent. yeah um yeah so 
um, how would you kind of uh, go on to kind of get more involved and break into the the music scene? Well, so I I was living in LA for a long time, probably about six or seven years, um, and I was kind of dabbling or a little bit there. Mm-hmm. I had a little project called Everything Moves, and we would like you know open up at Spaceland every once in a mm. while and like do things like that. Sure, and, yeah. um, I was still you know kind of with this guy for a while, and then we broke up, and I met somebody else and ended up coming back here because I was getting married, mm. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, that didn't totally work out, but we were playing music together also. Sure. And he was English, and we went over to England to make a little like three-song EP, and I loved it. Nice. Like I just I didn't know what to expect, but I I love I was so, still so shy, you know. I yeah. still didn't really have much confidence in my writing abilities, or mostly because I knew I was ignorant. Like, I knew I didn't really know what I was doing, but sure. for some reason, I was doing it. Mm-hmm. And I had this kind of obsession with doing it. Yeah. Uh, so we did that, and then came back here, and, you know, married, divorced. Um, so it goes. But mm. I... There was, a, there was a sadness there, that, that separation... And I had a I had a daughter also, mm-hmm. and I was you know trying to get my feet underneath me mm-hmm. and try to figure out what I wanted to do next. And so I was quiet for a while. I couldn't write music. Sure, literally couldn't write it. Mm-hmm. Moved into a new apartment and was there for maybe seven or eight months. And I had this like big old trunk in mm-hmm. my um, living room. And one night when my daughter went to bed, I pulled everything out of it. And plugged in the eight track, still worked. I still had like the the discs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> nice. And I wrote uh, this song called Cupid. Mm. And I, you know, I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it, but so I just started writing these little things. And then the more I talked to people, the more that kind of started to open up. So I started working with a local like hip-hop guy guy and he i was like singing some backup on his tracks and and uh he um the long and the short of it is i did a bunch of stuff with him uh left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth so i'm not going to talk too much about it but he went to jail Uh, and the guy he was working with called me one day and he was like well we had the studio for the day and he's in jail he's like do you want to come in and try something and i was like hey okay we tried to make some music together and that worked pretty well um but he was kind of a dark character and i knew he was probably not going to be somebody that i could continue working with but i put out an ep Mm. and that ep led to me having a band on my own so i was doing little things here and there around the city and then i played the jazz estate awesome and that kind of blew up on me and i didn't really realize you know i was like oh you know what this is working yeah i can i can do this and it just kind of snowballed from there and my project has morphed from one thing to another to another um mostly because i don't always trust the right people or pick the right people sure and then i you know it took it like i said it takes a lot of um self-realization to understand your worth and what you're willing to sacrifice mm-hmm. for your art and you know and if you don't believe in yourself people will walk all over you and of course you'll yeah. get into bad relationships and they will present themselves as something else when they're really this or that yeah. or you know and then shit breaks down definitely and then you got to rebuild it all over again but out of all of that has come this project mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which you know, I I named specifically kind of for what I just said. For sure. So. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you for sharing all of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that does sound like you know a, a roller coaster. Uh, <laughs> but but you know sometimes that's what leads you to the present moment of something super rad, something that is empowering, something that is authentic, something that is yeah like truly you. 
that you get to like reclaim everything you wanted you want to do right. like creatively and express yourself and I went through some similar stuff too, like trusting the wrong people, dealing with people who aren't what they who they say they are, right. that kind of stuff. Like, and but you know, I eventually, like you know, over time, uh, you can find yourself in cahoots with the right people, right. and yeah, it takes takes a while. Trial and error yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that's uh, yeah, Rose of the West. So if I'm not mistaken, um, it is named after a, a plant that is Australian. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's this beautiful plant. It, it it's hard for it to grow. Mm-hmm. It only grows there, um, and it's it's just a beautiful symbol for mm. you know for for life, kind of sure. coming back to life. Yeah. Um, it only exists in that place yeah. and you have and I you know Rose of the West and my music I, I was quick to realize you know after the fourth or fifth time of failing as, mm. as you know this was all my project and sure. I was putting so much into it and it wasn't it was like wait a minute this this is my heart this it's just mine mm-hmm. it's just mine yeah. and if I find people to circle around me who want to put into it what I want to put into it mm-hmm. then, then it's right but it's always it's it's been my baby you yeah. know and so it's like that beautiful flower I just keep staring at that beautiful flower in <laughs> in my mind it's like yeah. it's that's what it is it's this like beautiful resilient mm-hmm. thing that exists in in harsh conditions yeah it still lives yeah. and yeah, yeah. Well, that's that, that's beautiful. That's like uh, such a uh, uh, very like profound thing to personify. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, a little heavy, but no, that's that's. I love that though. I I absolutely love that. Um, I've never been to Australia. I would love to go sometime. Yeah, someday. One day. Bucket list. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. Tell me a bit about like the project as it is now um rose of the west like how did you like uh you find your bandmates and whatever like uh how did it all kind of come to the to the the, uh uh uh, manifestation it is now so i had been in a relationship uh for a while when the previous version of rose of the west was called nightgown and we had some different people in it a lot um a bunch of those people were in group of the altos Mm -hmm. um but my relationship kind of broke down and with it went those people sure um not all of them actually but some of them and and i and i gained another one from that group too actually after that broke down And, and things were like you know I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen, but mm-hmm. uh, after some time had passed, we really weren't active. There was I wasn't sure how to like get it back up and running. Sure, um, I, I just couldn't find the people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up uh, reconnecting with the person I was originally talking about who encouraged me to get the keyboard and play while he was away. This is somebody from my past who's been, I've known for, you know, over 20 years and he's a wonderful musician and had also been, you know, uh, a long relationship for me. And, um, we were best friends in a way, you know, Mm -hmm. for for a long time and our lives just went in different directions, but we reconnected and he, uh, had a had a huge hand in helping me kind of get things back together, and eventually he came here to live with me. Um, but we, nobody really knew that we weren't really talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when he did, when I think like the first week that he was really here, we were celebrating at. Um, think the old Boone and Crockett. Okay. Yeah. I'm just sitting there and Thomas approached me from gold. Mm. And I had 
heard kind of through other people that he had come to my shows and was like recording my songs while we were playing them and then going home and writing new things over that and like he was like super into the music wow and i was like okay like that's weird but okay (laughs) i didn't know him sure Uh, i mean i had kind of like met him once you know but we had no real strings attached other than we were both kind of local musicians like a rapport yeah we didn't we didn't really and i was um you know like definitely not hanging out in the gold scene it's not sure. my scene and yeah. uh yeah so i was you know i was like okay so he approached cedric and i mm. and he said i just when are you going to be ready to do something when are you going to be ready when when when's the time because i'm i'm gonna i'm in it with you we're mm-hmm. gonna do it and i was like oh shit <laughs> yeah okay you know? guess so yeah and so there it went. So Thomas kind of became my my partner, mm. and he was still in gold, and so he was kind of doing both things, and then eventually left gold, and was just working with with me, mm-hmm. uh, which you know was awesome. I was their loss, my gain. I I think that he is he's wonderful at what he does, and he sure. he has a totally different perspective. Um that I can appreciate because he, you know, is also self-taught and uh, has a totally different kind of brain than I do. Mm -hmm. Um, He's also a lawyer, you know, like if that tells you anything, it's like he, different brain. Yeah. And so you put both of us together and it was kind of cool, you know? Mm -hmm. And so at the time, the, the band was a little different. Thomas was on guitar, and we had um, Amalinda on bass, and Aaron on Wolf on Keys, and we went through a couple of drummers, and that was a nightmare. Mm-hmm, <laughs> it sure. was really tough. And um, then eventually, it became clear that we were kind of moving in a direction, and we wanted to keep going, and that involved, you know, building. Sure. And working a little bit harder and, and, and putting our own investment into it and our time mm-hmm. and our energy. And not everybody could, could do that or keep up. And um, people had life stuff come up. And sure. so people fell off. And mm-hmm. Cedric ended up uh, taking on Melinda's place on bass, which was, I mean, he's probably one of the best bass players in the world, which is amazing for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got Dave Power, who is... I'm not sure if you're familiar with with him. He's a drummer right now. Okay, yeah. But he's in Minneapolis, and he's extremely talented, and is part of many projects. And he's um, he's he's super cool. Right on. Yeah. Awesome. uh, And then Thomas and and myself, and so it's just us four at the moment. And the core of it is really uh, kind of the three of us. Um, But yeah. Right on. Well, thank you for sharing all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> um, yeah. That also definitely can happen. Like you know, like people go through life stuff, or you know, also another big thing. I don't know if this is you know the case for a lot of like small city music scenes, but like a lot of people play in a bunch of different projects oh, at yeah. once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which gets complicated <laughs> if you ask sure. me. But yeah. but I get it in a city like this. Definitely. I've never really done that. I've, I've yeah. never, I guess, really had the opportunity because I'm such a loner. Hmm. If that makes any sense. Sure. Like, I do what I do, and then I don't really know how to do it with anybody else, so I just I don't. <laughs> I sure. Just, I, but I love to support other people yeah. doing other things because, you know, Definitely. that's cool. But. Yeah, yeah. It. I guess it just depends on just, yeah, how people operate and, mm-hmm. you know, uh do you want to do a lot of one thing or uh, like a little bit of several different things? things? Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. It all just depends, I guess, on the way you, the way you flow. Um, so I'd love to hear more about the record uh, from uh, three years ago now. Um, so Rose of the West, self-titled record. Um, yeah. Well, for one, I'd love to hear more about like everything that went into it recording wise and like what, place you felt like the songwriting was coming from like that kind of thing 
it's it's funny because it's so long now you know mm-hmm. it's um i mean 2019 and and it took you know probably a, a year to to produce and to to get out sure um so it was a while and i had quite a few of those songs that i had written um you know, I had written before and, and they were developed and we had put out an EP right before that. And so, yeah, I, you know, I think the, my point of view at the time was a little more, I don't know. I, I don't know the right word, like not as focused, um, because I had never made a full-length record before. Sure. The process of it was really cathartic, but also frustrating mm-hmm. uh, because I was learning at the same time. You know, I had lost my grandmother, um, which was devastating. Mm-hmm. So some of that was about that that insane loss Mm -hmm. um i had a lot of family stuff going on and i had a lot of things that were going on with me personally so it was there was there's a heaviness to it and Mm -hmm. i don't know if you feel that when you listen to it but just with the way the record even starts it's like kind of you know being speaking from this extremely isolated point of view sure yeah Mm -hmm. um and asking myself a lot of questions about what am i doing where am i going um like where do we go like especially at like roads like yeah it's what what is it you Mm -hmm. know and and then old stuff coming up like just a lot of broken hearted shit in there oh yeah sure Yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah, a lot. Oh yeah, um, uh, yeah. I mean, that that makes sense. And I mean, tiny knives, like, um, like, I imagine it's about like a lot of like the little things. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Little little things that really stick stick to you and they yeah. hurt. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and that is that alone. It's like. Gonna pull up the track listing here. All of those things that you go through that sit with you. Yeah. And we carry them with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well thank yeah, once again, thank you for sharing yeah. all of that. Um and how uh how is it recorded? Well, we went to Alabama actually. Oh wow. Um so I have we have a small label there, Comvest or Communicating Vessels. Sure. Uh, they had a studio and we would just go down there for like a week at a time and just start banging out these songs or like the beds of them and, and, you know, doing it that way. That was the easiest to get us all together. Mm. I mean, we didn't really have a space that we could, you know, track in or, I mean, we had practice space, but, um, we had, in Alabama, we had such we had access to to such beautiful things mm-hmm. that why how would we pass that up sure you know yeah yeah and um tim co is our engineer brad tim co and he's wonderful um and he really guided us through a, a lot and you know it's it's amazing kind of what you can create in those environments. Like, I think those are probably going to be some of the most special times. Like, yeah. The studio is actually not there anymore. Mm-hmm. And so this last year was finishing this new record was probably the last time we'll ever be in that place oh, wow. again. I know. Damn, <laughs> so yeah. sad. That is pretty bittersweet. So sad, yeah. yeah. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask you about the, the, the first record was, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, how much loved the artwork um thank you you're welcome uh who uh who designed it i guess well there was a few of us so there i, I have um 
like a little team that I kind of work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, my photographer is usually Eliza Barron. She works with me on um, a lot of the photos and music videos and also Nicole Zanoni and um, the photo happened to be Eliza's for that cover and then Nicole had some old Polaroid film that we had shot that had just kind of turned out in those really weird images which we kind of layered these things together and then um, Daniel Murphy helps us kind of put everything together like he's he's got an edge and so he takes all of our art and just kind of we manipulate it together and and it is what it is i mean we travel far and wide to have some of those pictures done Mm. in mexico i mean oh yeah yeah absolutely yeah we've we've kind of gone all over and, and made some cool cool stuff yeah they're so vibrant um yeah, like the Technicolor feel. Yeah, like that's my favorite one, the Love Lies Bleeding yeah. remix. Yeah, uh, that um, that's in New Mexico in the high desert. Oh man! In the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that's that is striking. Um, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I I, cover art is always so fascinating to to analyze. It, it is. It's 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 so much pressure. So I'm working on the the new one right now, and um, we it's. You know, following up to your first project is difficult. Mm. Oh yeah, I bet. Yeah, so we've we've done some of the artwork already and uh, made a lot. There's more things to think about now, though, because um, the way we listen to music has changed so much. People mm-hmm. are not really finding you the same way. So everybody's listening to Spotify and now. Every time you click on a Spotify thing, there's a video playing behind yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. So I have to make all these things. Mm-hmm. And think about it and all the facets yeah and yeah. it's it's fun mm-hmm. but we're you know we're we're trying to do this on our own and in a in a special way so i kind of have the same team again which is eliza baron nicole zanoni um west hank is going to be oh, really hopefully on. back on a music video cool. stuff and helping with with stuff awesome um, and yeah same same kind of we're, tr- we're we're digging to try and figure out what how we want to you know make this come alive visually right on yeah well that, yeah that's that's exciting and uh um i can't wait to see what uh y'all me neither <laughs> what yeah what, you, what yeah what uh what's to come um that's uh yeah uh i know you you, you said that um the, the new record is it's all recorded and everything um yeah yeah tell me a bit more about like uh given what you shared about the first record like how do you feel like this is like the next chapter like well yeah yeah, you know the songs i think are a little bit more grown up um and when i say that i mean i'm writing about different stuff i mean it's still this the same you know the same stuff it's it's deep subjects but um i found myself a little bit more in how how to communicate some of these things a little bit better and it was also a sensitive time right like some of it was written right before covid and then some and some had been already like some tracks had been just very loosely tracked already mm-hmm. but not many and then covid happened and you know all like just i'm can i don't know like the last couple of years have been absolutely fucking bonkers yeah and i remember really getting into writing the record when we decided cedric and i drove to los angeles Mm -hmm. uh, right in the middle of covid and uh took the whole family our pets everything Mm -hmm. and we had a place to go which was super fortunate so a friend's house in los angeles kind of like a secluded little house with a pool the sun was Mm -hmm. shining you know and Mm -hmm. there's a studio there um that is kind of like a very cool sacred space lots of people have have gotten to use that and there was nobody there but us so yeah Right on, except that I didn't really realize how hard it would hit me that we arrived on the same day that the riot started Uh, and all of that was going on, you know, so it was just 
heavy. Yeah, that is a lot. Yeah, very yeah, a lot I going on. Wasn't sure where things were gonna go. Mm-hmm. I like sat downstairs in the studio and I was trying to write, and I was just kind of. I just felt fucked up yeah. a little bit. And so I was trying to write in a way that was communicating all of that at the same time. And I I, th- I think I did. I think I did it. <laughs> I think sure, I did it. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I really, I'm, I'm super happy with how the record turned out. It's, I mean, we're, we're still mixing. Mm-hmm. We have a wonderful team on board this time so we're almost we're almost there um but it's it's almost done and it just it's i'm so excited it sounds so beautiful and it's it's a really amazing follow-up to to the first record and i I think um i think people are gonna be surprised super exciting i'm i can't wait to hear it um yeah yeah. i i can't wait to like physically just look at it and be able to put it on my record player oh hell yeah <laughs> just look at it totally yeah <laughs> um well that's really exciting stuff um yeah i appreciate you sharing more about it and uh yeah i um i know that uh we were kind of saying this before we started recording but um given as um so some of the members of the band are not in milwaukee anymore yeah so what do you feel like shows uh, Rose of the West shows will look like um uh moving forward? Yeah. You know, I don't know. We um I think once we kind of get back into cycle here, we'll have a better understanding of what it means like as you know, as much as I am through and through Milwaukee, unfortunately, like Thomas is in LA, Cedric is going to be in LA most of his time mm-hmm. um, he'll be here a little bit but that's just the way that it is with you know work and his music and all of that and mm-hmm. um, Dave is is still in Minneapolis and so we're kind of like more uh, technically more West Coast based band at sure. the moment so it would it would seem like once the record like so once you know we get a few songs out and the record, uh, finds its way, um, we'll, we'll know mm-hmm. like how, how much we're going to be doing or how active we're going to be. I'm hoping we get to, to do some stuff. I really, mm-hmm. I would like to, but it, it also has to make sense for us too, Absolutely. You know, because otherwise you've got a bunch of people who also have lives, um, trying to, you know, come together when, it can be impossible. You know, of course. It's not, it's not what all of us do full time. Yeah. Um, so that can be, that can be rough, but yeah. you know, I think that when we have a show here, hopefully it'll be a, a big event. It's not like we're going to be playing once a month. It'll be, you know, once, twice, three times a year, probably. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, yeah, that, I mean, that does make sense given the geographic, uh, yeah. you know, um, changes in where everyone is, but also like the volatility of the world, you know, <laughs> yeah. like everything is just this last year. I mean, I know that things kind of started opening up like um, about a year ago, but it's been very unpredictable and yeah. scary. You know, COVID is still at large. Yeah. Um, we you know, things shut down again when Omicron hit. And yeah, I guess like it's been hard to really like, you know, obviously we all kind of have our personalized goals of like, you know, where we would ideally see ourselves or what we see ourselves doing. Like when, you know, hypothetically like, you know, COVID isn't a thing anymore. But the thing is we don't know you know, how long this is going to be a thing exactly. and it's scary. Yeah. I think, uh, it's unfortunately this definitely changed the world and, you know, kind of yeah. all of us in it right now. And it's that way. Like it just is that way. And we all have to figure out how to find some happiness in this yeah. new place, you know, because it's not, I don't think I'm ever going to feel like I felt 
before, but maybe that is okay. You mm-hmm. know, like I've definitely found it's like, it's been a really rough go the last couple of years, but I've definitely am coming to a point with all of, with all of it where I've found more peace it's yeah. like inside myself, yeah. you know, and I'm a little less restless because I'm sure. spending more time being more aware of what I'm doing yeah. because I have to be, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's very easy to like, you know, get in the hole and be depressed. And, you know, I, I deal with a teenager who's like that. Mm-hmm. And so I can't be, you know, yeah. and I, I have to, I mean, I can be, but I have to filter that into things like creating and you know, music and, and focusing on the things that really truly make me, mm-hmm feel fulfilled you know because i have to look at her and i have to prop her up i have to help her i have to help her start to understand that this may be a big part of her life Mm -hmm. and she has to learn how to be self-reliant and and ask for help when she needs to and that anxiety Mm -hmm. and depression and all of this stuff is it's not the only thing that exists in in the world and she is not the only person you know Mm. it's like it's it's so difficult you know yeah. and and the state of the world makes all of that stuff so much oh yeah harder absolutely yeah and yeah so i you know yeah definitely feel like our world has changed and and i i'm hoping that most of us have changed for the better yeah oh yeah <laughs> you know um yeah I, I hope so too and yeah i i, I mean yeah, like that. Ha- I I couldn't imagine. Yeah, like being a teenager dealing with what teenagers deal with, but also with the lay this yeah additional this on top of it is yeah. another layer of of what the fuck. Yeah. Like why why am I even why bother? Oh yeah, big yeah. time, big yeah. time. Um, and yeah, yeah. I, I I also hope that you know folks have found been able to find uh, um, just you know alternative routes to peace that. Yeah. Maybe they wouldn't have had a few years ago. Um, we, this is something that affects everybody, oh, yeah. and uh, but yeah, and so we retaining a sense of community despite you know the isolating nature of of the pandemic has been yeah. most crucial. And um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm grateful I've been able to resume the podcast um, and be able to yeah just have these conversations with folks that are making something out of nothing. So. On that note, Gina, I really appreciate you being here yeah, with on the show with me. me. You bet. I uh, had a good time uh, getting yeah. to know you and yeah. hearing all about the music. And um, yeah, my... hopefully you'll hear some some new things soon. Yeah, hell yeah, hope so. But um, uh, my last two questions that I ask everybody on the way out, and you can answer these however you interpret it. Um, <laughs> the first question is, what keeps you up at night? Ooh. What keeps me up at night? Mm. Anxiety. Oh, yeah. That keeps me <laughs> up at night, too. And it, I don't even always know what it's about. Yeah. Sometimes I don't even think it's mine. Sometimes it's somebody else's in yeah. the house, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, that's it. You know, Yeah. I, I worry sometimes unnecessarily. Oh, yeah. My, I also, yeah, like, I, I'm, I have really bad anxiety, too, and I... The worst is like when I get anxious about like knowing I have to like get up early the next day. Oh, me too. And I'm thinking, especially if I have to drive. If I'm like an early, if I have an early morning, and I ha- if I have like a a long drive ahead of me, and if the weather is shitty, mm-hmm. I am probably a disaster oh, not yeah. sleeping until three a.m. and then my alarm will go off at five. Yep, consciously <laughs> thinking about all the sleep. It's yeah. like oh, I'm getting about four hours of sleep now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God, that's the yes, worst. Like, I hate it when your head spins out of control, and also like what you just are like nailed to the bed. You don't want to get up and do anything because that means you're committing to getting up. Yeah, and then you just lay there. I also get hungry at night too. 
Yeah, <laughs> I, I used to, like, especially if I, like, not eaten for a few hours before dinner, I know. It's like your stomach is blah, blah, blah. Mm, Yeah, I've been having a lot of late-night ramens yeah, lately. Yeah, it's, like, satisfying to, to do that to myself. But I find that if I do that, I actually don't sleep, e- like, even more. If I dump a whole, like, thing of sodium or sugar into my body, yeah. I'm going to freak out for the next couple hours. Yeah. Sleep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it gives you, like, that burst. Yeah. When you don't need it. I'm like, where is my melatonin gummy? Yeah. Well, that's that's the second question, actually, is what puts you to sleep. What puts me to sleep? Um, oh, you did mention the melatonin Yeah, gummies. so that is something I do, and a little bit, like, sometimes um, just warm tea, and these are, mm-hmm. these are such boring things. Like, you know. They don't have to be exciting. Yeah, sometimes I'll go to, like, there's a class in my neighborhood it's a yin class mm-hmm. and it's usually at like seven or eight at night and I'll go and it's just like laying in a really warm room and stretching and like listening to like gongs. Oh wow. That's... It's cool. And it kind of puts me in this like super blissed out yeah. peaceful state and I can go home and go to bed. It's usually on Monday and Wednesdays and that's cool. the easiest nights of sleep I have. Right on. Yeah. Well, that sounds quite tranquil. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, but I have like I have to get into that shit because before I, you know, if I didn't like harness my energy in a certain way, I'd be spinning out of control. Yeah, like, I'm definitely the girl who would be like up drinking wine and smoking cigarettes, <laughs> and I don't really do either of those uh, things anymore. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I you know, definitely occasionally. Hey, that's okay. I'm not like I was where it would just be this constant, you know. Yeah. Hamster wheel of like that yeah 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 no i i understand i also like um like a few years ago like i was able to stay out till bar close i can't do that anymore either like i'm <laughs> I, like... I try to be in bed by by yeah. by 12 uh, yeah on the most weekends, of the time for sure like i you know i would love i have these dreams of like going dancing <laughs> but they're dreams because i mean maybe you'll see me out one day but sure i i get I pay for it the next day. And like mm-hmm. every every day of my life right now is so full. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, we've got this record and I've got work and I've got like all of this it's all good stuff too, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't want to ruin it with with that. Thank you for being on the show, yeah, Gina. Thank you for having me. You bet. Yeah. So for everyone watching, um I'll be tagging Rose of the West so you can go check out uh their record. Stay tuned for their sophomore album coming up Please. soon. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We will see you next time.